The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Lord. Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> so nice to be with you today. There's an old story set in uh, the pre-revolutionary days of, the, of uh, France. And it seems that there were two peasants who were working around the uh, cathedral of Notre Dame. And all of a sudden, the king's coach arrives, accompanied by many horses, many soldiers, and many important people. And the king steps out of his carriage, and as he walks into the church, people are bowing and paying him homage. And so watching all of this, one of the peasants said to the other, he said, my dream is that one day everyone will be tr treated as ordinary people, including kings. And the other one said, well, my dream is a little bit different. You dream that everyone will be treated ordinary. I dream that everyone will be treated like kings. In our baptismal rite, after the individual is baptized by water in the Holy Spirit, the priest or deacon anoints them with the oil of chrism. And he says these words, Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, has freed you from sin and given you new birth by water and the Holy Spirit. He now anoints you with the chrism of salvation so that joined to his people, you may remain a member of Christ, priest, prophet, and king. This oil of chrism is a sign of God's favor and is used to sanctify. It is used in the ordination of priests and bishops and uh, also in the sacrament of um, confirmation. And it was also used in the coronation of kings and queens. As a matter of fact, uh, Queen Elizabeth II, it was, uh, the, um, that was used at her coronation as well. And so we are not welcomed into the church as ordinary people but rather as priests to uh, live a life of prayer, prophets to proclaim the word of God, 
and kings in our service to others and by leading uh, through integrity. We are welcomed as daughters and sons of God, and there is no greater dignity than this. Today, as Father mentioned, is the feast of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. And we see in our gospel today that Jesus looks nothing like any king that we would imagine on this earth. We don't see him in his noble glory. We don't see him transfigured on the mountaintop. Or we don't see him using his absolute power to uh, calm the storms of nature. Rather, our gospel picture is a picture of a prisoner, someone being interrogated for crimes that he didn't commit. He will be beaten and scourged, and he will be marched up to the top of Calvary and be crucified with two criminals. He will be humiliated beyond anything that we could ever imagine for ourselves. In our first reading from the book of Daniel, this is an example of apocalyptic literature. And the word apocalyptic means unveiling or revelation. And it, these, this type of literature was used to encourage the faithful uh, in their faith, especially in the uh, face of persecution. The one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heavens had various ex explanations in the Old Testament. It was sometimes understood as a reference to uh, the Archangel Michael and also used um, to describe Israel as a whole. But according to the Gospels, Jesus himself has used the title, the Son of Man, to refer to himself. And so um, Christians have a new understanding of Daniel's vision of the Son of Man, obviously referring to Jesus, the Ancient of Days, is God the Father. And this is really a prophecy of Jesus the Messiah. And so read in this light, we see that the divine kingship of Jesus is very different from any other kingship on earth, um, whose domains are always limited by geography and by time. Rather, his dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away and one that shall never be destroyed. In our reading from Revelation, <clears throat> excuse me, another apoc apocalyptic work from John, we read, Jesus Christ is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. In our gospel, Jesus tells Pilate, he says, for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate's response, which we don't hear today, is, what is truth? And his question is a question that's been asked down through the ages, and a question that is very much at home in our society today. Try Googling what is truth, and um, you'll get a lot of different answers, but you'll also get some questions like, is truth relative? Does truth even matter? Is truth subjective or objective? 
How many times have you heard the phrase, well, I have my truth and you have your truth? In John chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So what does it mean to worship the king of truth? To live in the truth. To follow the incarnation of the truth. And how is that truth that Jesus speaks different from the truth that the world speaks? Well, the truth of the world is temporary. It's very transient and it changes often. It changes with the season or it changes with convenience or the sake for the sake of convenience. It speaks of ambition, power, possessions, but it doesn't speak to love and service. The, the truth of the world is at best shallow. But the truth that Jesus speaks is the truth of the heart. The truth of Jesus is much more than facts. It speaks of faithfulness. You know, God, God is true to us. He is faithful to us. And he shows that fidelity through his son and through the power of the Holy Spirit. When we, in turn, are true to God, then we live in truth. We live in relationship with him. And since God is eternally faithful, his truth goes beyond any of the, uh, these other transient uh, nature of politics or fads or fashions or any of that stuff. It goes beyond the my truth and your truth mentality. It speaks to unalterable truths that uh, do not change regardless of when in time they are said or what era they are spoken. They are always true. Pilate was not impressed by the power of Jesus because he just, he didn't understand it. Bearing witness to the truth, his answer is what is truth. That's as close to his understanding he could get. But Jesus, on the other hand, was certainly not impressed with, him, with Pilate's kind of power. He knew how temporary that power was. And he was looking ahead to times when the great powers of the earth would be gone and not one stone of their monument would be left on top of another. He knew that real and lasting power had nothing to do with arms or armies or money. For this reason I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. This is where the power of Jesus lies. Far beyond the power of swords and, and worldly powers, there's a much more um, um, stronger power force and it's called divine truth. We must reclaim that truth in our lives. The truth that speaks to humility, surrender, and sacrificial love. The truth that our own needs should not increase the suffering of someone else, but rather we must reach out to those who suffer, who need us, regardless of the price to us. We must embrace the truth that we need to reconcile ourselves, our church, our society with those whom we have oppressed. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. 
Those who belong to the truth listen to his voice. The question that we need to ask ourselves today is, are we listening?